Hey everyone, welcome to She Knows Arsenal. My name is Jessica and I'm your host and you could follow me on Twitter at It's Jessinho. This is going to be the post-match show for Arsenal versus West Brom. We won a game. Hooray. We scored three goals at home. Hooray. Where were those goals when we needed them? <laughs> I mean, we're going to try to keep it like as light and positive as possible because it's doom and gloom around here in the Arsenal sphere. So um, we're going to do our best, you know, our best job at trying to lighten the mood as much as possible. Uh, we'll talk about the game, you know, the lineup, how we felt the performance went, all that kind of stuff. And then um, move on a little bit to Arteta and, you know, the, the I guess the news coming out about KSC backing him and wanting to keep him in the job at least for next season, see how the first six to eight games go, and then make a decision on that. And um, their promise to invest um, heavily in the summer, which, um, you know, it sounds like another be excited type of moment, if you know what I mean, you know, but um, DJ Harry's with me, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Hey, Harry, how are you? All good. All good. How are you doing? I'm I'm as good as I can be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just trying to make it through, just trying to make it through. I can't wait for these next three games to be over. But um, yeah, so I think the best thing that could have came out of yesterday is just knowing that Willian can score from a free kick. I mean, we've been waiting all season and it's could it have come at any like worse of a time for him to score? I mean, what were you thinking when the ball hit the back of the net? <laughs> It's funny because it just felt like pure irony, didn't it? And I spent like 15 minutes on another stream just almost saying like, why is he still on the pitch? How is he still playing? How does he get away with it? And then he goes and scores a great free kick. I think it might be the worst thing to happen for us because now it might convince Arteta that he can still produce the goods. And it wouldn't surprise me if on Wednesday night he scores a goal against Chelsea and then we think, oh, here we go. This is more like it. But yeah, I mean, listen, great free kick. Fair play to him. I mean, stuck it in the top corner, but doesn't get away from the fact that he has been awful for 30 games. <laughs> too little, too late. You know, it's like, I mean, I guess we were hoping for that after the Fulham game. But I mean, that's, I always go back to how they market these transfers. You know, for us, it was like Cedric, he can play on both sides. He can play on the left and the right. And then when it when we need a left back, he doesn't play him. He plays Greta Jock at left back. You know, they told us that William was going to be this experienced guy. That was going to bring all this great and wonderful knowledge and he's a winner and and all this and he's really good on dead ball situations now you score like you know it's just this we just have to laugh at this point i really do think so you know there's not much else we can really do um i'm not looking forward to the game on wednesday i think chelsea's probably the last team you want to play at the moment <laughs> probably the last team you want to play at the moment but um, knowing Arsenal will show up and somehow win the game. It would be really weird. But, you know, um, we'll, we'll see. But um, this game didn't really show us much about the team. I mean, I didn't learn anything new, but we're pretty crap. You know, um, Saka was a world-class left back for the first 45 minutes. And um, as we were kind of talking offline, that was a little bit of – Maybe not the best thing for Arteta to do, you know, to play him there and then for him to look so good. I mean, I think we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. It's West Brom and their shit, you know, so um, but he did look good. And it just reiterated the fact that the kids are really what we have to look forward to. You know, uh, Smith Rowe scored a really nice goal. Um, Saka was like really dangerous. 
and and Pepe had a world-class goal, you know, so what can you do? What can you do? You know, how did you feel about, you know, the performance and how hard was it for you to really give a shit about this game? <laughs> oh, I mean, impossible for me to care about the game, honestly, almost impossible. Um, it just left me feeling almost more frustrated. It almost heightened like the sense of regret that, that the player should feel, that we should feel, because I know it is only West Brom, so you have to be really careful about how much you read into it. But just having two midfield, central midfielders, you know, passing the ball side to side to keep it ticking over, seeing a, a left-back actually cross the halfway line. Even though I don't think Granite Jack had done a bad job at left-back, I think I thought he did okay, but just having that extra element, um, seeing Pepe, you know, just take on a full-back and, and whack it top corner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Angria Arteta for not, keeping it simple in the in the Europa League, uh, like he did against West Brom, and angry at the players for them not playing with the same frustration and energy and and, and desire. Um, so, yeah, it just left me feeling really confused, frustrated, and just almost almost fed up. And it, everything just feels a little bit ironic, you know, you know no pressure. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if we go to Chelsea and, and get a positive result, whether that's a draw, or even if we, you know, lose, but come out there playing well and showing some... So, so showing some desire, it wouldn't surprise me, which makes this season more confusing and, and all of our players even more confusing. Um, so right now, yeah, I'm a really uh, dejected, confused uh, and sad Arsenal fan at the moment. I don't think you're alone in that, like, at all, you know, but um, we have to take it for what it is. You know, if we had lost that game, I think it would have been even worse. Like, I know we can't take anything from it and we can't, you know, we're not going to celebrate um, relegating Sam Allardyce and West Brom. I mean, we're not going to sit there and celebrate, but at least they won the game. You know, I know that that's like so little too late, you know, but I'd prefer they won, obviously, than lost. There's some people out there that want Arsenal to lose. And that's pretty much like the weirdest way you could ever be. i I don't even know what that means. Like, why would you ever want Arsenal to lose? You know, but I real I kind of saw like after the game and recently I, I've really tried not to watch Arson um, or Arteta's um, press conferences because they're cringy <laughs> to me. They've been cringy for a while. And like to see kind of like the deterioration of his presence in his press conferences from where he was at the beginning, standing up super straight, you know, articulating his points really well to almost being relegated to this kind of like delusional guy talking about figures and facts and margins and things like that. And being like really edgy, you know, after this game, he just seemed very almost like pinned in a corner a little bit. And he said some things about Emil Smith Rowe that whether um, depending on how you feel about Arteta, you might think it was a little off putting you know, but how how do you feel when you watch Arteta talk in these press conferences? Does he fill you with any sort of like confidence that he's the guy to take us forward? Because if anything, if we can't see it on the pitch, we need to see it when you're in press conferences. And right now he's looking a little bit shaken as well. Yeah, I mean, he's broken. Uh, he's a dead man walking and his his aura and his spirit uh, shows that. I think it's really hard when, you know, for anyone, when you're going through something that's tough, that you put all your life into and all your time in and it doesn't work out, I think it's going to be really, really hard for anyone to come on in a press conference and give off that same energy. He, he's not an actor in that respect. You know, he can only give you what he feels. And I think there's a lot of cliches in football, like 
you know, when a corner doesn't beat the first man, a lot of people say, oh, how does a corner never beat the first man? When Meza Ozil shrugged off in the Europa League finals, like, why is he walking off looking so dejected? It's because, you know, sometimes that's how people feel, you know, that's how he feels. And, and, and all of his energy is gone, it's zapped. I can't imagine how, how heartbroken he feels. So I think his press conferences now, you know, he's just irritable and he's fed up. And when the journalists try to respectfully ask him about how he feels about his future and they reference fans on Twitter seem really discontent. I think he's going to have his back up. I'm not defending Arteta by any means, but just in terms of, you know, his behaviour, like we all feel really, really bad about the situation. And I know there's been a lot of shots fired at, at Arsenal on Twitter and I'm, I'm biting back because I'm like, oh, this is really annoying me. So I can only imagine how he feels when he's really, really in it. Um, but you're right. His press conferences aren't particularly convincing. And the Emil Smith-Rowe comparison, like you say, Depends which way, depends which side of the fence you sit on. But, but I think what his point is is that we are relying on these players, who who still aren't contributing enough, and we rely on the likes of Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. And as wonderful as they are, and I absolutely love them, when we look at their outputs, it's not, you know, it's not high enough, it's not consistent enough. And I've spoken on here so many times that you need your front three contributing 10, 15 goals a season to compete at top four, and. None of our players are really doing that in the Premier League consistently. So I get his point, and he's probably trying to back up Willian in that as well, when he used Willian as an example to say Willian has done it, and that's why we signed him, because we thought he could do it, but obviously he hasn't. Um, so yeah, Arteta is broken like 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 the rest of us. And I think if he came out too confident, too cocksure of himself, maybe fans would probably dislike that even more, right? They'll probably be like, what's this guy talking about? He hasn't got a clue. So I think he's just saying how he feels, which is just dejected and, and heartbroken, as we all are. God, this is depressing, isn't it? I wasn't going to come <laughs> and try to lift the spirits. Don't worry. Was... We're going to talk a little bit more about, like, transfers and stuff later so we can get ourselves oh, cool. on, like, delusionally happy a little bit later. <laughs> but, like I'm um... going through a horrible breakup at the moment. It's just sad, <laughs> That's what it? it feels like. I mean, you're in a relationship with Arsenal, and right now, Arsenal is a cheating bastard. You know, so we're mad now. But, um... Do you think that it would be better? Do you think the fans would feel better if he took some like responsibility? Like sometimes he does, sometimes he like he'll be like, Well, this person hasn't gotten enough playing time, so that's my fault. But do you think that the fans are looking for him to be a little bit more like, Man, I messed up, I should have played sack at left back, I should have been a little bit more this, or is that what we're really looking for? Because I'm not sure that that would get a better result. It feels like some Arsenal fans want him to kind of like fall on his sword and just be like, Hey. I've made this whole thing implode, but I almost feel like that would have a negative effect on him as well if he just kind of said it's all my fault. Yeah, I mean, I think his press conference um, the morning after the game, there was a quite an early release, wasn't there, uh, on the Friday morning. I think he was, he held, you know, he held himself accountable. You know, he said, you know, we didn't do enough or, you know, in, in other words, you know, it was his fault. I don't think we're ever going to hear most managers speaking about how they got things tactically wrong too much. I think they'll try to brush that under the carpet because... Because they've got an ego and a reputation to protect. Um, I think in hindsight, he would have realised that he completely screwed up those two uh, those two legs in the Europa League. He got it wholeheartedly wrong. First leg was criminal. Second second leg was even worse. So I think he knows that he made a mistake. I think he he's trusted players for too long. And now we talk about you know putting all our eggs in one basket. And now we've got no baskets at all. So I think. I think you can only say so much. And when when the damage has been done, when you've broken the 
the the trust of of the fans and when the fans no longer believe in you i don't think whatever he says is going to be right for some arsenal fans they want him out and i think that was seen in the in the the noise about the lineup uh, on yesterday's game when everyone's like why isn't this kick starting and why isn't this other guy starting and i thought do you know what he's got a very very small chance of winning the fans back and when it's like that and you go into the opening few games of the season, that one dodgy result we get, no matter how unfair it might be, never even if it's a referee blunder or just a defeat that we don't deserve, the fans will be in for him. And then that will be the beginning of the end, I feel. Yeah, for sure. They definitely, he really is like a dead man walking. And to be honest, I haven't seen very many managers get off the ledge. I mean, he was very much so on that ledge in December, kind of came away from it a little bit by bringing in Emile Smith-Rowe and Odegaard, and now he's seemingly back in the same spot. So I'm not really sure how he gets the fans on board, you know, unless he does a madness next season in the very beginning of the season. But, you know, they talked about, well, there was a, there was a protest outside of the Emirates um, during the West Brom game, and it was significantly less um, popping than the first one, you know, there just wasn't that many people out there. And it, it, I think the, the overwhelming kind of sentiment was that's a little bit disappointing, you know, because it's still cranky out. It's always cranky out no matter what, you know, but maybe there's a sense of who cares. They're not going to sell. And some of the fans just don't feel like it's worth it anymore to go out there and, and make their, their voices heard. So do you think that, not having a big protest at the end or during that West Brom game was a little bit of a misstep for the Arsenal fans in terms of putting pressure on KSE, because even though they may not sell, we still need to put pressure on them to at least do something because I mean, from now until the time that they potentially sell, we could end up getting worse. Mm. Yeah. I feel like the, the lack of numbers were maybe also to do with just the dejection around the club. I think, Probably people were just so down about the defeat, even, you know, protesting about something that will help us in the future. Maybe, you know, that was something that fans didn't want to do. I think maybe a few fans are conscious of perhaps being, uh, you know, of, of hypocrisy and maybe thinking, well, if these guys don't sell, we still want to enjoy Arsenal in a few months. We still want to buy the kits without feeling guilt because it might come to the fact that the Cronkies don't sell, which I think is a, is a huge possibility. They do invest heavily, which I do believe is also a huge possibility. And suddenly, like you say, the preseason optimism begins. The new Adidas kits come back out and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we can't wait for the season. So I think there's a little bit of that in there as well. I think if we want if we want the Cronkies to leave and, and fans are really, really serious about it, then I think it's just a case of making sure that we support the team, but we don't invest in other areas, um, which I think is a... It's a fair sacrifice to make, but not to criticise anyone, but we've wanted Cronkies out for what, five, six, seven seasons. And for those five, six, seven seasons, season ticket numbers are still higher. Everyone buys the kits. Everyone does everything they can to consume all avenues of Arsenal. So I suppose we just have to be realistic. Uh, no one wants to hear this, but in the past 12 to 18 months since Arteta's arrived, things off the pitch have improved. We have made good signings. For, for most part of it, excluding William. We have invested in the team in the right in right areas. Not enough, but we have invested. Party, Gabriel, Mari, you know, some, some good signings in there. Um, some poor decisions in Martinez, 100%. A poor signing of William, but it, it kind of made sense at the time. So I think that this summer, what will happen is the Cronkies will stay. 
don't invest heavily and who knows what will happen but i'm just trying to yeah give some balance in in the in the war and the anger because i feel like we've i feel like what arteta said is is right the things behind the scenes you know there's been 90 percent improvement but that hasn't translated to on the pitch results which is what we all care about but it is a rebuild and and with that you know success isn't guaranteed and and if we win the if we win the past the, the next three games i'll get six seven points maybe we finish in a slightly more respectable league position and and i don't know we can have a little bit more of a positive outlook i always knew winning europa league was going to be hard i said we've got as much chance of winning top four sorry of making top four as we do winning the europa league because that competition is a tough competition to win as it's proved under wenger as it proved under emery it's hard and i know we didn't make the final and i know the circumstances really really suck but the way we've been playing all season so inconsistent cool i mean it's always going to be a stretch so hopefully good times around the corner i know it's tough for everyone and i'm not trying to patronize or be like you know biased towards Arteta but the truth is he's not going to go I don't think he's not going to leave and the only way to make it work is by investing and if Kroenke's aren't going to sell then I'm not saying we have to back the board but we have to you know encourage that investment and hopefully uh, they sign a few players and I'll tell you what man I think this summer we are going to see a crazy squad overhaul I think we're going to see a lot of things a lot, a lot of things. So hopefully there are better times around the corner. Just going back a little bit, I thought it was really Sorry. funny how there were some there were some fans that were like, if you're a real fan, you won't watch the game. You won't watch the game. And I'm just like, how I just I don't understand that thought process just from the simple fact that I'm like, so if you're not gonna watch the games on TV, I get that. But make sure that you give up your season ticket and you don't go to the games when the when the stadium opens. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to like half ass your protesting or your dismay from 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 Arsenal. Either you do it or you don't. And that's the thing. It's it was never going to be the protesting was never going to be enough to get the Cronkies to sell. We have to hit them in their pockets. Um, that's the most important thing. And if we're not willing to commit, then nothing is going to really take place. So I, I'm not surprised that there's not there wasn't a lot of people outside of the stadium. I know that they're going to have a big one on Sunday, but people have to understand that like getting them out is never going to be a couple of months. It would have to be years and years of deterioration in their pocket, and for the 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 team would have to start to really be worse, and we're already bad. So. If you don't really want that, you can't get the Cronkies out and then hope that we're in the top four at the same time. It's not going to happen. So if that's not really what we're doing, if, if it's always Cronky out. Like, don't get me wrong. It's always Cronky out. But if we're not willing to do what it takes to get them out, then we need to put enough pressure on them to at least. The, the thing about it is, is that the more you spend money, even if you have a couple of bad signings, you're going to luck up at some point. You will. And I think for me, my biggest thing is, they need to continue to invest and at some point they need to invest they need to invest over and over and over again so you build the team because we never do that we invest one summer and then the next summer we don't do anything then we invest and then we don't do anything so for me as long they need to just continue to they need to buy our affection and the way that we get them to do that is to continue to act a fool and make their brand look stupid that's pretty much all we can do at the moment you know, but um, I agree with the whole like Arteta's not going anywhere. The reports had come out that, you know, they're going to 
give him what, like the first six to to eight weeks, you know, of the season next season or six to eight weeks, six to eight days or six to eight games. And um, we can talk a little bit about if that's a good thing or not, but how do we use the next couple of games? You know, how do we use those, you know, to the best of our ability, you know, they're pretty nothing games. I mean, some people are like, let's, let's try to improve our position, but not enough to get into that conference league. I don't think any of us want to be in that, but um, how do we use them? You know, do we play the youth? Does he try to start his preseason early? What do, what do we do? What do you think? I mean, I know, People are quite keen to see some some of the younger players, which I totally get. I think if we can integrate a few, that would be good. I think we need to rise the value of as many players as we can. So if we can get some minutes to Nketiah, then we need to do that. If we can give some minutes to Nelson, we can do that. Try to keep Chambers and Holding in the team because obviously their situations can be quite uncertain. Um, I still think if if we rotate too much and we play these kids and we lose, our situation is even worse. So we need to, for pride, we need to show that it doesn't matter if the pressure's off or on. We just need to show that we can close out the season with some positivity. Because if we go on and rotate too much and we, you know, only get a couple of points from the last three games, which is a possibility, um, then we're just going to be sitting 10th, 11th, 12th. And that really isn't good enough. And I don't want this... Europa Conference League or whatever it is. I'd rather us finish finish out of that totally so we can focus on European football. But obviously, you know, there's more prize money for the higher you finish up the league and then there's the, the money from European football at whatever competition it is. So I think we just try to win all the games and still pay respect to the league with playing, you know, relatively strong squads. I know we want to see youth players. We've also got quite a big squad and the likes of El Nenny, whether you rate them or not, are still training hard every day. The likes of Rob Holden and Callum Chambers and Suarez and Gabriel and Mari, they're still training hard every day. So they still deserve minutes in some respect. Um, yeah, and just try to go out with some sort of positivity, if that's even possible. But I don't know. If we, I mean, I don't know anymore. I certainly don't have the answers, that's for sure. Everything I predict has been totally wrong. So don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> Apart from Person. now, listen to me. <laughs> listen, listen to Harry now, but not anything that he said before now. Um, but I think Arteta needs, I know it may be a little bit far-fetched, but he really needs to look at these couple of games and see who's who gives a crap and who doesn't. I mean, I, I know that they're going to be on the beach. Like, I can just feel it. Yesterday was definitely like, there were certain players you could just tell that they were like, do I really have to be doing this? I know, not supposed to read into body language. I read into body language like, the best book you've ever read. Like I'm big on it. I'm big on it. Like I'm like, I look, the first thing I do is look and see what their facial expressions are looking like, you know, that things like that. So um, some of them will be on the beach, but I think he needs to use this time to really weed out who can stay and who can. And based on yesterday, I would say I, I tweeted out that there's about four players in the keep bin, you know, you have like a little keep and throwaway. Yeah. I was like, Pepe, boop, you could stay. Saka, boop, you could stay. Martinelli, of course, you say no Smith Rowe. Everybody else, I was kind of like, yeah. you could probably do it. You know, you probably keep Gabrielle, you know, but Arteta, since he's going to be here, he needs, I mean, he talks about ruthlessness all the time. And I'm just like, you need to be more ruthless this summer. I mean, we have to be to the point where we just loan you out because we don't want to see your face anymore. I mean, even if we can't sell you, because we're, we need to also thin out the squad. So there's no point in keeping people just for the sake of it anymore. And there was, there were like no performances out there that really gave me 
any confidence in some of the players that we probably are just going to need to go ahead and get rid of. I, uh, Lee Dixon was saying that it needs to be like this huge overhaul. And you kind of talked about it earlier that this needs to be like the biggest overhaul ever. And there's reports going around this the biggest overhaul, but we've been in need of an overhaul for a long time. You know, I, I don't think that this is like the first time that we're realizing that these players are crap. They've been crap for years, you know, so I am expecting some sort of like exodus of some sort, you know, but for you, who, for you, who would you feel like maybe from, maybe not the, the Smith Rose and the Sackas and those, but is there anybody outside of those players that you feel like should stay for any particular reason? Because right now I'm having a hard time looking at anybody but the kids as somebody that we should keep long-term. Yeah, I mean, I think the past few weeks has highlighted what we need, but we also now know what we don't need. And what we don't need is too many squad players. And it feels like we've got a lot of squad players now. It's really hard because I, I like to focus on the players when I see them in a positive light. So I like Holden, I like Mari, I like Chambers, I like Bellerin, I like Suarez. You know, I like all of our players, but the truth is uh, this season, collectively, uh, they haven't been good enough. And we have too many players at that at that level of sometimes good, sometimes average. And 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 the problem is, if you have, more, I don't know, five or six of those players starting in a Europa League semi-final, then your likeliness to get a very average result. So in terms of who I'd keep, I mean, there's not many. But we have to be realistic in terms of uh, the fee they'll bring in for us. And if they're going to be just a squad player, then they're okay to keep. So, for example, someone like Rob Holden, if he's going to be just a squad player, it's okay. But only if we go out and buy a top-class right centre-back or if Saliba becomes that top-class right centre-back. It's okay to keep Cadden Chambers, but only if we go out and buy a really, really good right-back. Because the truth is, if Cadden Chambers can come in and give you 10 solid games in the Premier League a season when there's injuries and play some you know, good games in... Europa League if we're in it and whatnot, he's worth keeping because to sign a right-back like that from the Premier League is going to cost you 10, 15 million anyway. And if you go abroad and buy it, there's always that transitional period. So maybe keeping some like Chambers is a safe bet. But honestly, there's a there's a hell of a lot I'd get rid of. And in terms of who I'd keep, it's probably easier for me to say Saka, Pepe, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, Granit Xhaka, Thomas Partey, Gabriel and Tierney. They're the names that I would only say that I definitely want to keep. For me, everyone else is sellable in terms of the fee they bring in and if it helps us buy an upgrade. But yeah, for me, everyone else has a price. I'm sure there's a few others that I'd like to keep. But at the moment, I'm feeling pretty dejected. So even the likes of Aubameyang, who I really, really like, I feel like, do you know what? Let's just let's just cut our losses, maybe. Maybe that's the best thing to do, is to cut our losses. I always speak about negativity and morale in the squad on we referenced Liverpool, who had the likes of Gerard and Jabby Alonso and great teams, but they could never get over that hurdle in the Premier League because psychologically there were too many broken players in there who had those negative experiences. We talk about Spurs, who had a great team, but they couldn't get over the line because they could just feel that pressure because they've never won anything. And now we've got a, a, a team full of players who have just essentially been unsuccessful in the past three or four seasons. FA Cup aside, they've been unsuccessful. And maybe it's a time just to get some new energy, new passion, a new vibe in the squad and sometimes you just get rid of the older players and let the younger players come through and maybe that's the way maybe that's the way the the fall from grace for for Aubameyang to me has been a very very steep and hard one I mean the amount of people that I I sense apathy from in terms of whether he stays or goes to me like just as the 
last summer, it was, if you don't keep him, we're finished, you know? And I think we've, we've seen a season, what it's like if a bombing is not scoring and it's not great, you know, but I think seeing just, I just don't think he, oh, how do I say this without being like, um, I like Aubameyang. I think he's a good player, but I almost feel like he's one of those players that's in one of those positions where there's, he's not really playing for anything. There's no real incentive for him to be in, in, enjoy this process, to want to be the head person in this, in this process. And for all of the experience and, you know, whatever they say, the captain, he's a silent captain and all that. I'm just not feeling that I'm not seeing it. You know, I'm not behind the scenes and I just don't, those soft factors, I think to me are almost, they're not as important as hard factors like goals, you know, like, um, does he, is he the right profile? Does, is, does he do the right things on the pitch? You know, those soft factors of he leads by example and he's a nice guy. Like you, you get paid 300 grand a week. I don't care if you're a nice guy, to be honest, you know, and um, to hear, you know, he he put out something, I think, on Twitter or Instagram about how he was sorry that he couldn't make us smile and he wanted to, to we, they wanted to give us something to smile about and all this kind of stuff. Just one of those blanket responses to losing another big game. And um, I need the fans in order to perform well. And I just think to myself, like, I there are other players in the world that don't need fans for them to perform. And if you're one of those, why are we playing you 300 grand a week? Like you should perform regardless. And to me, that's just not a good enough excuse. You know, I think if you were to pull out the pros and cons list on Aubameyang at this point, I think you'd have more cons than pros. And that's not saying he's not a good player, but to rest all of your, your hopes and dreams on a player that's not really there's, there's nothing I can see that would really motivate him to, to do what's necessary for us to be good. It's just, I almost would be like, just okay with us severing ties. I know that might be controversial for some people because he is our guy, but I think we'll survive without him. If he doesn't, if he doesn't want to stay, I wouldn't cry about it. That's not, I'm not kicking him out the door, but the fall from grace has been insane you know, for somebody best player on our team, talisman helped us win the FA cup to somebody that I think a lot of the fan base would be like, if he left, you know, I just, I don't know about the whole Obama thing. It's crazy. It's also really sad as well, because there's someone who last season, you know, we were so excited about and Arteta had done really well to change that narrative of Arsenal losing their best players at key moments, you know, such a big deal, such a big reveal. I think we're all excited to see, to see him score a lot of goals this season. And it hasn't worked for whatever reason. Not to make excuses for him, but I know he's had a lot of personal issues. I know it's been a tough year for him, malaria and whatnot. And I would have loved nothing more for him to come through on Thursday and, and produce. And you know what? He almost did. You know, And if he did do that, the whole conversation would be so, so different. And I know he didn't. I know he hit the post. But we're talking it's such fine margins. It really is. And now we're almost you know encouraging that we... That we sell him in the in the summer, which just shows you how, how cutthroat football is and how sometimes you know it, it is a little bit fickle. But we can only go on what we see. And at the moment, this season it just hasn't been good enough. It hasn't been good enough. And like you say, motivation aside and, and the type of captain he's aside, we want him to score goals. And you know, he's let us down this year in terms of his out, his output. 
And the only thing which keeps teams like Spurs finishing in a respectable league position are players like Harry Kane and Son. It's the only difference. Just players who are consistently banging goals because the rest of their team is shit. No better than ours. But they've just got Kane and Son who can get them out of jail. And this season, we just haven't had that. And Arteta hasn't had that. So, yeah, I, the curiosity in me thinks, well, if we have a good summer and we sign all these players, <laughs> maybe, and, and, and Aubameyang, I know. I can so see me. myself doing that in a couple I of know, weeks. Yeah. Just like, well, if... <laughs> <laughs> so when will true. I learn? I'm 35 years old and I still can't learn. I need to learn just to just get rid of it. But yeah, <laughs> listen, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe just selling. But you never know. You never know. He might come back in the summer. Well, but it has been... Here's Devil's Advocate, just really quick. You know, there's um, here Yo-Yo with <laughs> Truth Bombs. Um, Aubameyang bagged in an empty Wembley. His season is on the manager. Um, Bjorn says sack Arteta and get another manager and Aubameyang will come good. Um, it's because of Arteta. You know, and I think this kind of just opens up like a bigger conversation to me about the fact that you can you can't really name a lot of players in our squad at the moment that are in form like if you look at so you look at Aubameyang somebody who's always been one of our best players I mean this is the first time in his entire like career that he's been this bad and um it just kind of coincides with this whole system change that we've done uh last season we really when Arteta came in he played to Aubameyang's strengths it wasn't really what we love to see but it worked you know, he was scoring goals and he looked happy and we won the FA Cup. Then we changed to this other system and he's playing off the left, which is fine. But the way he's playing off the left, we're in a rigid system. He's defending more. That was, I think, a big mistake. You know, he was doing a lot more, you know, doggies up and down the, the sideline, maybe not something that he wants to be doing at his age. And his form falls off. His form was actually falling off before his mom and all this kind of stuff. It was it was before that. And um, you look at a bombing, you look at, a player like Gabrielle came from Lille, comes to us, looks, looks, you know, inconsistent. Thomas Party, world-class midfielder, comes in, inconsistent. Um, and I can't name a single player who's in form. You know, so we're talking about giving a manager in Arteta, inexperienced, who we, we have this narrative built up about how he could become the best coach. You know, look what he did with Sané. Look what he did with Sterling. He's this great and wonderful guy, you know. Pep backs him, Bielsa backs him, all these people back him. But we have like tangible evidence that he's not, he's probably not a great manager at the moment. You know, so is is this the right thing to do to give him more resources and more time if we don't have evidence that he can make the team better? Because he's not really getting the most out of the squad that he has. And I'm looking at Aubameyang and I'm like, could another manager just come in and voila? We got the we got more backflips again. We're getting our our mask again. Like we're getting that abomination. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's just devil's advocate here. What do you think? Um, listen, you are totally right. Uh, Arteta should be sacked for not reaching the targets and falling way below expectations. Um, a different manager could come in and get more out of this team, just like Eta, Arteta came in and got more out of this team after Emery, and then we went on to win the FA Cup. Um, so, yeah, Arteta has shown that at the moment he is not the right man for the job and he is not reaching his targets. There's no defending it because we are where we are. Um, but in the same respect, uh, I believe he can be the right man. And 
and that's why Please. I don't. Yeah, that's why I don't mind him staying. And and I know we've got all of these comparisons, but but no one else is going through a rebuild like we are. No one else is doing that. There's not a manager that comes in and has their highest paid player just sitting on the bench or, or not not able to play for for whatever reasons it is that we don't know. There's no manager has to come into players like Mustafi and Kalazan that were just clearly bad eggs and about eight centre halves that we've that some are good and just some are awful. So. Like I said at the start of the show, he has come in and he's improved many elements, but none of it has shown on the pitch this season, which is incredibly <laughs> frustrating. So, like, none of yeah. it has showed up on the field. No, so, so there's, where there's it matters. No, yeah, there's no there's no defending Arteta, but I just for some <laughs> weird for some weird strange reason, I just believe in the guy. I just believe, and I also believe in 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 people having second chances. And I've said this a few times, but. Nowadays, we just want everyone to be accountable, right? When someone makes a mistake, we want that player to know or that person to know that they are wrong. We want to make sure that all managers uh, are sacked when they're in bad form. And and I'm just thinking, well, how's sacking managers working out for us? How's letting go of an experienced manager who, who loves the club, who clearly gets the players motivated when it matters? I know we we fell off, but, you know, for most Harry's part... still you know, mad he, about Wenger. He's going back. No, I'm just saying, you know, how's it working out for us? It's not working out well, is it? We get Emery in, we, we want him sacked, he goes. Freddie comes in for a couple of games, we get Arteta in, wins the FA Cup, he's had a shit season, we want him gone. So I'm just thinking, well, where do we go from here? Do we? Uh, if there is a top-level manager available, I am wholeheartedly behind us getting that manager in. Wholeheartedly. If it's a top-level manager for short-term, I'm not as keen because I want us to build something. I want us to build you know, a manager for 10, 15 years. I really want us to do that. I'm not saying Arteta is the guy to do that, but that's what I'd like us to, to achieve. That's just a personal preference of mine. So I would I would prefer for us just to, to, to ride it out and, and see where it goes. I know that might sound really, really blasé, but that's just the vibe I get. And just to use Man United as an example, they sacked Ferguson. They brought in Moyes, experienced manager, didn't work out. They brought in Van Gaal, experienced manager, didn't work out. Well, in Mourinho, experienced manager, didn't work out. The only manager it's working with is the manager with the least credentials, the manager with, with the least, with, with the poorest record. Why? Because essentially they've just got really good players. They've got loads of attacking options. They can see two, they'll go and score five. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer clearly has very good man management attributes, uh, which is why some of these younger players are just really performing consistently well. Maybe something that Arteta is lacking and maybe something that he'll learn. Um, but... I mean, it's just a great example. If you if you give a manager some good players, maybe he can do better. For some managers, it's not as important. For others, it is. It depends what China football you're trying to play and whatnot. I can't defend Arteta. It's impossible for me to give any evidence that he is the man for the job. Impossible. I have nothing to give. Just a feeling and a vibe. Yeah, and... we're going off of pure vibes at the moment. Yeah. A lot of vibes. I mean, the PR around Arteta has been really good over the last two years or so. And I mean, I believe it. Like, I'm sitting here like, he, he can be a good manager. I, I don't, I think there's a chance that he could, you know, that's just me, you know, but, um, oh, my internet is bad. Can you see me? I know I can see you. It's just been going in and out before. But it's okay. I was talking. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, but yeah, I just think at this point for me, it's like, okay, well, you can give him more resources. That should help. You know, um, I would hope that it would. But the structure around him is actually what's more kind of like I'm questioning because I'm like, okay, well, 
you can you can give him more money. Um, Jess, do you trust Arteta with money to spend? Do you trust him to turn it around? Not really. You know, like I mean, the thing is, is no. But for me, it's like it's about Adu as well. You know, can they identify the right players? Can they? At right now, we before they were pitching a project that hadn't really started. Now that it started, how are you going to pitch it to people? And they're seeing that it's failing. You know, so that's going to be rough. Um, they could get it right or they could get it wrong. You know, I think Thomas Party is a good player. I think uh, Gabrielle is a good player, but obviously, you know, um, William was probably not. So it's hit or miss. I think it could go good or bad, but the structure around Arteta to me is what's more crazy, you know, and I think, but I also think that's a part of Arteta's thing too, because he wants to be the main man. I don't think he really wants people that are going to challenge him around him. I mean, they pretty much got all rid of everybody who was more experienced than him in his coaching staff. And he hired like 20 year olds. That's not great. So mm. I don't really know. I just think he needs, um, I don't know why my internet is going bad. Hold on. It's, be it's because you you're guys, talking about Arteta negatively. So instantly. You guys out. in the chat, let me know if my internet is like super bugging. Let me know. And if it is, then I'll try to fix it or do something else, you know, but, um, you guys, yeah, can you I mean, see me? <laughs> you can go ahead and talk if you want, and I'll try yeah, to so figure I, it out. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree about the structure. And, yeah, when you look at it on paper, it's certainly not, not great. And I remember, I think it was uh, Albert JTV was on here on one of my very first shows with you guys, and he spoke about the inexperience. And I kind of just disregarded it as, you know, that doesn't make a difference. But it, it clearly does. There's people above him that that perhaps don't have the – they have the knowledge, but just not the – maybe the application to actually execute it or or the experience to execute it. And when you look at what Arteta's done with a few of the coaching staff and the acquisitions he's made, and you see these young, bright coaches, I mean, it's great. They're young. They're coaching at Arsenal. I'm sure they have great knowledge of the game. But, yeah, it does feel a little a little bit rogue. Um, but maybe that's just the way he wants to go. And, and the weird thing for me is I don't think you do all those things unless you know you have the backing. I don't think you persistently play Willian and do these crazy things unless you know you're safe. He's talking like he's safe. You know, I think a takeover for Arteta is probably the worst thing for him because I think he'll be straight out the door if we get a new owner. Uh, sure. But he's he's talking like, like like his position is fine and that's why he's emphasising that off the pitch they've tried to improve so many things but it hasn't translated to what's most important is performances on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I, to I totally agree. It... it, it yeah, it's a bit of a mess when you just see what's the structure's what's not us. right. I think we all kind of can see it. You know, I'm like the structure's not right. He needs somebody. He needs somebody in there that can tell him to steer him the right direction. But I think he believes that he knows what direction we need to go into. And so you, the last thing you want is like a very like a a more. You don't want a wanger over you. You mm -hmm. don't if you're Arteta, you know, so, and having nobody in his coaching staff, that's like, really, I, I question if they're telling him like, Hey, maybe you should be doing this. Maybe you should be doing the sub earlier if they're just kind of like letting him do whatever. So he truly is learning on, on, like on the job. And he, I don't know, he's, <laughs> it's, it's such a bad situation to be in, but he's, he's going to be here. So, and I don't see anything with the structure changing. I don't see anything with Adu changing. I just see if in the first six games, we're not in the top six, then bam, he's gone and we're sacking another manager mid-season. I think that's pretty much the worst time to sack a manager. 
because all the good ones are gone, you know, once you start the season. But um, right now I'm not feeling like really optimistic, if I'm honest. Like I'm just feeling more like let's just see what happens, you know, because again, there's like no tangible evidence. We're just going on vibes, narratives, PR, that Arteta is <laughs> going to be this guy. And I'm like, be this guy, like be this guy so I can stop like being upset, you know. But we did see – we did see some good things in December. It just tapered off like very badly. <laughs> Let's see what some of you guys are saying in the in the comments. They also said it was your internet and not mine. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's actually. Yeah, well, I'm just moaning at you. Yeah, it probably is actually. Um, Enrico says, bringing in a young, inexperienced coach will never work. I give you an example of Juventus who are having one of their worst seasons with Pirlo in charge. I mean, I thought it was shocking when they brought Pirlo in, but then I looked, I looked at my own situation and I'm like, then why do I think Arteta is going to work? You know, because mm. uh, yeah. I think they were going with that trend and it's a trend that I think is dying out very quickly. Um, it was Lampard and then he got sacked. Now if you look at Arteta and the thing about it is you can bring in a young manager, but they still usually have some experience. And um, if you look at a Nagelsmann, like even though, he's doing well at Leipzig and he's going to be the Bayern manager. He had experience at like Hoffenheim before that. So, and those are clubs that have relatively, they, they have the expectation is not as high. Um, you bring in an Arteta at an Arsenal or a Pirlo and a Juventus and you have these, these um, big personalities in the squad that are looking at you like, like, what do you know? You know, so it's just, it's, 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 it's really tough, you know, but I kind of agree with that. I don't know why we think it would work. I just think there was just a lot of hype around Arteta. So. Mm. Well, I mean, Arteta has gained 18 months of experience now. So he's got experience. It's just negative experience at the moment, isn't it? So he's got his experience. It's just not going too well. So maybe he'll. We all know that Arteta is going to be a superstar in his next job. Cause that's always how it happens. They get sacked and then they go somewhere else and it's like, bam. Why wouldn't yeah. you like this at our club? You know, it's going to be that, but it is what it is. Um, Egal, hey, Egal, says, Bern Leno has revealed his intention to leave Arsenal Football Club this summer. How do Bye. you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. That's honestly, how you feel? Yeah, honestly, because, do you know what? I, I, you know, I back so many players and I try to be really, really fair and, and balanced and objective, but but just go. I think we spoke about Leno a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And I said, you know, it seems like he's at a crossroads or he's playing like he's demotivated. And that's the vibe I get from him. Uh, terrible decision to to keep him over Martinez. I know Bobby had to sell Martinez for money, blah, blah, blah. That kind of sums it all up, right? You've got two great top-level keepers. You have to sell one to buy a player to improve your team. I mean, it sums up, you know, what a mess of a club we are at the moment. But yeah, I mean, sell. I know he's a good shot stopper and I know he's good in goal, but you're meant to be a good shot stopper. You're you're, you're playing in goal. Yeah, that's your job. It's to, 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 stop, it's to stop the ball going in the net. It's to be commanding. It's to be authoritative. It's to be good with your feet is to be someone that we can rely on. And we haven't been able to rely on him this season. And when you're a team that's trying to, you know, dominate the ball, we need you to save that only one shot on target. We need to save that free counter-attack. And he doesn't. And he's messed up this season. I know he's made plenty of good saves to keep us in games, but his job is to keep us in games. His job is to make world-class saves. That's his job. Aubameyang's job is to score goals. Thomas Partey and Granit Jacker's job is to dominate midfield. That's his purpose. He's not good enough amongst another 10, 15 players in our squad. He's at the same level, but we just like him a little bit more or, you know, we, we seem to have a bit more of a connection with him. But sell him. If you can sell him, sell him. And 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 with that money, go go resign Martinez. If we don't have a buyback clause on Martinez, that is shambolic. We better have a buyback clause on Martinez. 
Uh, we never I mean, have buybacks and all that good stuff. That's fucking ma sorry. That's madness. That is madness. If there's not a buyback, cussing is allowed on my streams. Okay, you know, I mean, fine. yeah, <laughs> it's sorry. fine. But I agree. You guys know I don't love Leno. I never have. There's players that have been at the at this club that when we got them, I was like, you know, um, I think he's been good, but he's better. Obviously, like you've already like he's more of that like when you're constantly getting battered because he doesn't have enough of that concentration, you know, to make sure that like the one time that we get the other team gets a chance that you save it. He doesn't he's not that kind of goalkeeper. That's why, you know, the big teams, they usually get a goalkeeper that's really good at distribution, kind of a scarier goalkeeper, somebody that people are afraid of that in the one time that you do get a chance against you, they can save it. That's your Ederson, that's your Allison. Whether you like them or not, they're better goalkeepers than Leno. They just are, you know. But I don't think we necessarily, like, need a world-class goalkeeper. I just think we need one that suits the way that we – I think we're trying to play, which is more possession-based with the goalkeeper being basically, like, another, you know, field player. And Leno doesn't have those skills. He's – it's, like, moderate. You know, you have, like, those mm -hmm. little, like, moderate – are you above average? Da, da, da. He's like moderate. Like he's not that good with the ball. I, I, I know. I know the consequences of a, of a goalkeeper mistake is fatal. I totally get that. And when they make a mistake, it usually leads to a goal. But there's just been too many from Leno this season. And in a team so fragile defensively, and a team so fragile mentally, you know, we need to we need to cut those errors out. And if we're you know if we're demanding for someone like Arteta to be sacked, we need to you know demand for these players who are inconsistent to also be. Sacked, and I'm contradicting myself there because I don't want Arteta to be sacked. But what I'm saying is, something's <laughs> got to give here. Something's got to give. We need to upgrade somewhere. So let's let, let's I know, start upgrading. I know people think that we were better with with Emmy because we had an additional center back there, but I think we were better because he was. They had more confidence with him. The defense just looks a lot more shaky with Burn Leno. And there was a time, like even yesterday, where the ball was like right there for Leno to get. It was about like a yard out from his line and he allowed Rob Holding to step in front of him and head it out. And I'm just like, why are you not getting that? So whatever goalkeeper comes in, I think Enrico's kind of asking the question, um, whatever goalkeeper comes in needs to be able to command their box and be good with distribution. And, and Enrico says, would, who would I like to bring in as a new goalie? You like Mike um, Mignon from Lille, but he's probably going to go, to go to Milan. So maybe Onana. I know he got done for doping, but that's probably the person that I would want, you know, um, depending on what that, that suspension is. Um, looking like um, uh, that's probably the goalkeeper that I would go for just because he's the one I've, I, I did a little bit of scouting on and I thought he commands his box really well. He has good distribution. He's used to being on a team that dominates possession for like pretty much the entire game, but he's like, actually the lights are on the one or two times that they get shots against them. And he's like six, three. One thing I don't like, I never liked about Leno is because I thought he was too small. And when Emmy came in, he was, he's bigger than Leno and it gave him more of that, like commanding, you know, kind of like commanding whatever. And maybe we would have that with Onana, but Again, there's not a lot of good keepers out there to me. Like, what, what's the, who's we, the Fulham? Who's the Fulham goalkeeper? Is it Ariola? What's his name? Ariola. Yeah, Ariola. But he's yeah, another one that's there, and they're getting battered. You know, so mm. it's like we need somebody that's used to being on a team that's going to control possession. 
you know, because we either control possession because we're better than the other team or we control it because they give it to us because they don't think you can beat that, uh, break down the block. You know, So if we're going to have it, you know, we need somebody that can help us use that, that possession to the best of our ability, you know, but um, I'm not too fussed about uh, Lena leaving, to be honest. And I think there's like a group of players that their time at Arsenal has been synonymous with like literally like the worst times of our lives. And that's like Leno, Lacazette, he's part of that. Maybe Granite Xhaka, you can add him in that, uh, Mustafi, Kolasinac. And as tired as we probably are of those players, they're probably tired of being here as well. You know, their yeah, whole totally. Arsenal career has been like not good. You know, it's it's very much in line with when we've fallen off. So I think all those players will be gone that have been a part of that era. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset by it. Like, at all you know but Mm -hmm. um there's also um other rumors and obviously there'll be rumors all the time you know but there was a rumor that came out earlier today about um edward camavinga or eduardo camavinga he's like 18 years old or he's he's really young playing at ren in ligon and um he's basically a prodigy really young kid um playing as a center midfielder a lot of people say that he's a cdm I think he's more of a box to box as he gets older. He'll, I think he'll play a little bit more like, um, I think he's just like the combination of like a, like a Conte slash Pogba. Like he has all the things, he has all the tools, he has it all. Um, kid is, is really good, but do we need another kid? You guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, are are we thing, good babysitters it? at the time? I don't think we're very good babysitters. I don't really think we yeah. need to be watching over any more kids. I mean, how do you feel about it? You know, being linked with a kid like that and the likelihood of us bringing somebody like that to the Emirates. Is that the type of, is that the type of player we need to be bringing in? Oh God. I mean, I don't know anymore. I don't know because, well, I don't know what to say because we're so at the moment we're, you know, we're not a good platform as, as a club, you know, we're not settled. It's so unbalanced at the moment. It's not a good foundation for a young kid to potentially come in in such a hostile, unforgiving environment. We're talking about, you know, a manager that could get sacked within six to eight games. How, you know, how does how do you perform? I know that's a huge amount of pressure, but how do you really perform if you're a young kid knowing that, that that's the pressure on your back? Because when you're in the Emirates Stadium and, and that you can see that first goal and 60,000 fans are absolutely furious because they want the manager gone. It's a really unforgiving environment for a young player. Do I think we can we can still attract players of that quality, even though he's wanted by the big clubs? I do. I actually think, you know, it, it's a it's a safer bet for him in terms of move. Sometimes, you know, even to reference Erdegaard goes to Real Madrid at such a young age and nothing happens. So I've seen that I've seen a lot of uh like you know, a dismissive attitude towards Arsenal about whether we can sign these sort of players and why would he come to Arsenal? I mean, he'd still come to Arsenal. He's still a big club. And one of my friends is a football agent and I was speaking to him on Saturday and he was saying, I just want my young kids to go out and play. And if they've got a choice between a championship club or a lower level Premier Club than a big club, I- I'll push them to-, to go to that lower level club because they're going to play games under less pressure. And I think the same applies to- for quite a few kids. Um, but in the same respect, we've probably got no chance of signing in because at the moment we're in a bit of a bad place. But I don't know if that's the right signing, Jess. I really don't. I feel like now is the time for a, a bit more experience, a bit more experience. Um, we need to be in a position where if party's out, we've got someone of Basuma's quality, of Granite Jacker's quality to step in. Um, uh, maybe we can carry one kid who's that fourth, fifth central midfielder, but 
we're already relying on too many kids at the moment, right? I don't think we should add. I don't think we should add another one into the mix. Yeah, this is the perfect time for more Basuma propaganda. That is the signing, you guys. That is it. You want somebody who's been an Arsenal fan his whole life? It's Basuma. You want somebody who has Premier League, you know, experience? It's Basuma. You want somebody that's in the right age range, like 23 to 25 years old? It's Basuma. You want somebody who's attainable? It's Basuma. That is the player we need to go after. I'm going to, it's going to happen. You guys, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. I made Thomas Party happen. I swear I did. I'm going to make this happen. Um, but yeah, I think we need to look in more of that range of like 22 or 23 to, to 25. He's just another kid. And we'll be linked with anybody and everybody. I mean, thank God Julian Draxler signed a new contract with PSG because we could just keep that one out, you know, for, for one season, you know. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's a hard. long, long summer. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt. I know it's hard, but we need to try to focus on on British-based players if we can, players with Premier League experience. I know it comes with a cost, but it's worth it because as we've seen with players like Gabriel, who looks so good, but it's also been so inconsistent. As we've seen with Party, I, I know we can also put that down to the manager, but I, I'm not I'm not disturbing Gabriel or Party, but the manager doesn't you know, misplace their passes. The manager doesn't give away a penalty, you know? So we've seen the league is really, really demanding. So if we can have someone who knows the opposition, let's not underestimate the importance of knowing your your, your opposite your opposite number. So when Bersuma comes across a, a Fernandino or a Bruno Fernandes, whoever it is, he knows their game. He knows what they're about. He knows how to wind them up. He knows how to wind Arsenal up. So let's try and get those, yeah, let's try and get those players with Premier League experience. It's worth the extra 10, 15 million. It's worth it. Because with, with that with that big move uh, from, from overseas to the Premier League comes that transitional period. And I know sometimes uh, signings uh, from a, another Premiership club don't always work. I know that there's examples where it just doesn't click. But for most, most of the time, you know, you give yourself more of a chance. And can we afford to take any more risks? Can Arteta afford to take any more risks and, and experiment with players you're not sure about and take a gamble? I don't think we can. Go out and get Pesuma. If you want a creative midfielder, try and get someone like Buendia or go absolutely huge on Jack Greenish. Try to keep it locally based as much as you can. 100%. Okay, this is going to be the last question. Abdallah has been... I think you put this in the chat a couple times. <laughs> what do you want us to say? Okay, so Harry and Jess, how far are still squad-wise from challenging for a place in the Champions League. Um, <laughs> how far do I have to squint? How far are we away? Like, we're really far away. Um, before the season started, I thought that we would come between 8th and 10th, not because I think that that's – I just think we needed something that we didn't have, which is very, very important, which is creative players. And we didn't have any at the time, so I thought that that would really hurt us, which it did. Um, with the creative player, I think if we perform well, we could be in like sixth place, you know, but for me, it's more about, do we have the right system? Are they confident in that system? Are we playing to our players' strengths? You know, can we get a good run going? And those are things that I haven't seen. So for me, it's not just about the personnel, because I think this personnel with a better system and more confidence would be so much further ahead than we are right now so uh, with the players we could get three or four players and have a champions league level squad 
and still be sitting down there towards like eighth place. It just depends on can Arteta get the most out of this group. So for me, I think we would need at least two midfielders um, and a right back and a right sided center back for me is what we would need to really kind of like, because I think with the right system and stuff, you can still get a bombing to Bengals. I mean, he's a world-class striker, like, come on, let's be real. Uh, but with the current system or lack of a system, lack of confidence and just the all around just shambles that we're in, I think we're further away based on that than actual players. So three to four players, but we're a system and confidence and stability away from being in the Champions League because those things you need. What about you, Harry? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and as that form table shows in the last 20 games, I think we're fifth or sixth. So, you know, if, if a few more players were available at the start, you know, who knows how, how it would have been. But I think if we're being cutthroat, I mean, if this was football manager, I would say that we need to upgrade a goalkeeper, right back, we need a centre back, we need a backup left back, we need two central midfielders, we need a number 10, we potentially need a striker and we potentially need a left midfielder. You know, and and that's probably me being kind. You can probably throw a few more into the mix there as well. But I think realistically, even though I said, you know, the likes of Leno go upgrade, I think they're the sort of players that might end up staying and we'll just upgrade in those three to four key areas, which is fullback, centre midfield, number 10. Um, but, you know, with a bit of confidence and, and perhaps uh, a Saliba, maybe, maybe we're not as far as we think we are, but it's hard to... Uh, put a strong argument to say we are close to Champions League football. Can I just say this though, that I was I, you guys, you have to like, I literally wake up early in the morning and think about how Arsenal can be better. Like that's how much I love this team. Not like I can email Arteta and be like, do this. But one thing that we have to um, take advantage of is the fact that we're probably going to be one of one of the teams at the beginning of the season that's going to have the majority of our squad ready, ready to go because a lot of the teams above us are going to have a, a lot of their best players in the Euros and, and we're not, you know, so um, they will have their squads will be tired or they won't be able to have like a full preseason the way that we should be able to. And we'll also not be focusing on other European competitions. So for me, if we don't take advantage of that and come out of the gates, like really, really quickly, that it, that's a lost opportunity. Like I think about a team like Manchester United who, We'll have probably like Rashford, Maguire, Bruno Fernandez. All of these players are going to be in the Euros. So when they come back from that, they'll need a longer vacation. So they'll start out the season a little bit, you know, crazy. Probably Chelsea mm -hmm. will be the same way. They'll have a lot of their players out as well in the Euros. Um, who else? Man City probably as well. And then some of the teams that are a little bit below us. We're probably not going to we'll probably have like two players <laughs> in the Euros. So Arteta should be able to get his preseason going start at the gates quick and we should be able to take advantage of that if we get our players in quick enough. But if we don't, and we're sitting there in 10th place, we're going to be looking for a new manager. And we all and you know, know what we need. We need a really, really kind fixture list. If we can, we need a really nice <laughs> one. I don't, I don't want to see a Man United or Man City or Chelsea away in the first couple of games. It I might be better if we play them, if we play them early mm. while they're not no. ready. Not I don't for our Arteta, I don't think it is. Not for Arteta. Like it doesn't even matter if, if it don't even matter. I was trying to I was trying to do so. I was just I was trying to give us something, but maybe there's nothing there. Okay, you guys, that's it for today. We did a good job. Try to be as positive as possible, and um, I think we did all right. I do. I think we did fine. So 
I, I anticipate the next couple of uh, streams to be about transfer rumors and things like that. So look out for those. Tomorrow, I'll also be doing some sort of preview for Arsenal versus Chelsea. Um, the last team you'd want to be playing at the moment. But hopefully, they'll be so preoccupied with other things that they forget about little old us. And I don't think they'll batter us because they don't score a lot of goals. But I don't anticipate us scoring against them. So <laughs> there you go. But um, you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel, and I will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. Oh.